Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. my composure out there. I'm an idiot. Frankie, don't worry about it, all right? We're going to make those points up, I promise you that. Your skin's going to grow back, too. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, now how many events do we actually have left here? One. Uh, Frank's accident definitely set us back, but if we pass pass athletics, we're in, so... Come on, all right, everybody. That's what I'm talking about, guys. We've made a great effort so far. Let's just keep it up. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. Welcome, everybody, to episode 84 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we strive to better ourselves and learn by understanding different perspectives. I hope you, the listener, could come away with new outlook on issues that affect us all. Let's come together as we discover new ideas and healthy debates. Guys, like Frank the Tank from the most amazing movie ever old school right we're gonna we're gonna not lose our composure tonight all right so guys as i say please first of all in the comments say hi ask questions make your comments let's talk about all the topics we're gonna we're gonna cover tonight because it could be a lot of controversial topics this evening and as i say every week guys please if you appreciate the show and you want to show your support all you need to do is like share and subscribe the youtube channel the facebook page the uh the instagram page and most importantly, if you listen to this as a podcast, all right, please, if you could go on any of the platforms where you listen to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, please leave us five-star review. It's going to go a long way to help with the algorithms. I would truly, truly appreciate it. All right. Now, guys, without further ado, we're going to get to um, to tonight's first topic. And as I said, please, guys... Um, Put in your comments whether or not, of course, we are streaming live on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, put in your comments just to say hi or anything that you want to say. So, um, of course, we are going to uh, start off with um, what I probably what I probably call one of the worst uh, murders uh, or misjudge. <laughs> miscarriage of justice done by uh, police officers and i'm not going to put all police officers in a uh in the same um bag obviously but of course we're talking about the uh the fatal assault on 29 year old tyree nichols by the memphis police uh department there was uh, five officers involved in this and uh, what i wanted to do tonight was uh Put things into perspective, ask a few questions, and also maybe even go through the timeline, uh, trying to make a little bit of sense of what happened that evening um, when uh, Tyree Nichols was killed by five police officers, uh, brutally, brutally assaulted. So uh, 
let's let's start off with this. Um, Eight twenty-four officers conduct a, a traffic stop and apprehend Nichols. Uh, they ask him to get out of the car. Uh, Nichols responds, "I didn't do anything." A scuffle ensues, ensues already, uh, with an officer yelling, "Get on the fucking ground!" Um, he says, "All right, I'm on the ground." Uh, police had said they stopped Nichols for reckless driving, uh, but Memphis Police Chief Sarahlyn C.J. Davis said early Friday morning. An investigation and review of available camera footage found no proof of that. Um, then officers are seen pinning Nichols to the ground on his side while grabbing his arms and giving him contradictory order orders. Uh, you guys are really doing a lot now, Nichols is heard saying during the encounter, I'm just trying to go home. At 8.25, Nichols is pepper sprayed and attempted to flee during stun gun attempt. Uh, they pursue him on foot. And use a stung on him. Um, and of course, they call for backup. 829, backup arrives. Two police cars arrive at the intersection where Nichols was initially stopped as, as officers asked for his location. 832, Nichols is repeatedly pepper sprayed during a second encounter with officers and screamed out, shut the F up. Uh, two officers are seen on top of Nichols, who is lying on the pavement. Give me your hands. Uh, Nichols appears to shield his face as officers begin to punch and slap him in the face. You want to get sprayed again. Um, I know this is hard to hear, guys, but um, it needs to be out there. Nichols continues to scream, Mom, repeatedly. Because uh, police caught up with Nichols in a neighborhood less than 80 yards away from his mother's house uh, and his house. Uh, officers again ask for Nichols to give them his hands. All right, all right. He replies and appears to have his hands to his back. They continue to purpose uh, spray him directly in the eyes while he lies on the ground. They are heard complaining the chemical spray got in their eyes as well. 834, Nichols is kicked in the head and beaten with batons. At least one officer is seen kicking Nichols in the head while he is pinned on the side on the pavement. Officers punch Nichols, who was staggering about repeatedly in his head and beat him with batons. Here's where it, this just madness continues. 841 medics arrive at the scene but offer no aid. He is sit Nichols is sitting on the on the pavement in handcuffs. Two medics prop Nichols' slumped body up against the unmarked police car. Nichols is conscious but visibly injured. Medical personnel are seen standing around nearby Nichols but do not render aid at this point. What is going on? I... The two fire department employees tasked with Nichols' initial patient care were later relieved of duty. During this time, the officers are standing around the scene and discussing the violent arrest. I hit the man with so many pieces, an officer says to the group. At least two officers are heard claiming that Nichols attempted to grab one of their guns. Body camera footage reviewed by NBC News did not show any indication that Nichols had reached for their weapons. Authorities also did not confirm this account. So that's already two, two lies from these police, police officers. One officer claims that during the initial traffic stop, he repeatedly tried to get Nichols to stop driving. 
The man drove around, swerved like he was going to hit my car. So then I'm like, God damn, we are, well, what are we doing here? He pulled up at the red light, stopped at the red light, put his uh, turn signal on as the officer. The officer said he jumped out of his car and shit went from there. Several minutes later, the two medics begin to attend to Nichols. EMS and EMT ambulances are also uh, seen arriving at the scene. The aftermath of this, of course, we all know he was uh, Nichols was hospitalized in critical condition after the encounter and died three days later. Um, his mother said, his parents said that they didn't couldn't recognize him. His uh, his uh, face and neck was so swollen from the beating. The five officers involved in the case: Darius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III. Desmond Mills Jr. and Justin Smith were fired after the administration investigation found they had violated department police on the use of force. Never in all my years have I seen such quick action taken. So this, I mean, they must have reviewed this, obviously, the police chief and everyone else involved in internal affairs um, of this attack. Never did I see them so quickly fired and indicted for second degree murder. Uh, the former officers, all members of the department's vaunted Scorpion unit, were charged Thursday with second-degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of official oppression, and one count of aggravated assault. On Saturday, the Memphis Police Department permanently deactivated Scorpion, which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. How ironic. The unit was launched in November 2021 when the city's murder rate was soaring and the community was calling for action. So a police unit put into place to help de-escalate situations bring down the murder rate to restore peace in our neighborhoods stopped an individual for apparently no reason and beat the living pulp literally beat the life out of this young man 29 years old by all counts was a great kid was a great person. Um, never got into Dremel. But was beaten to a pulp. Now, of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna avoid the the the, the uh, elephant in the room here is 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 that of course what I find ironic is that he was black, three nickels, and was killed by five police officers that were black. And uh, there's hardly any protests. So this, to me, is worse than George Floyd, worse than Rodney King. So why is there not protests here? Why are we not, how come they're not protesting in the streets? I'm happy that there's not violent protests, that they're destroying cities in Memphis. But why is there no protest? Like I mentioned before, this is one of the worst I've ever seen. It, it's it's heart wrenching, and if honestly, if you haven't seen it, don't watch it. Really, don't. Don't watch it. It, it literally, I I felt my heart my heart broke. 
it, it's 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 beyond disgusting. I, I could not watch it. He was defenseless. He he weighed 150 pounds. 150 pounds. He was skinny and tall. And all these five officers were literally looked like football players. Literally. They were exhausted. They were exhausted on the body cam footage. Just to give you an indication of how much force they used, how much energy they used. So which leads me to another question. It's obviously going to come out, but this this had to be personal. This, this did not make sense. For them to be fired and charged so quickly, something they know something and they're not saying it. There's, this has to be personal. Has to be. There's no way that there are five police officers and then no EMT is 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 coming to his aid. What well, they probably told them, don't don't do anything to him. There is no way. And I can't believe I just it's it's incomprehensible to me. Incomprehensible to me. Five officers beating the life, the literal life out of this poor soul. So listen, I'm not going to, like I said before, I'm not going to put all bad cops, cops in the same uh, basket. But obviously there are bad cops, just like there is bad people in this world. And unfortunately, it's it's very difficult to, to weed them out when they're applying for police school. Right? Again, this is just another... Another heinous crime. George Floyd, now this. Not that long ago. It just, I don't know. For no reason, no provocation. None at all. Beating, not knowing when to stop. They could have stopped. It's so many chances to stop. So many chances to stop. They beat him for at least... 10 minutes viciously that I have never seen anything like this. Never have I seen anything like this. In any case, we will see what happens. I'm sure more uh, news will come out. Um, it really surely looks like justice because I don't see any of these guys getting off or anyone that was involved. Now I just heard uh, up to 10 police officers are involved and had sanctions. Um, I don't know about the EMTs, what happened to them. I know two of them were relieved of their duties. Uh, so more will be coming out. That's for sure that the next arraignment is uh, February 17th, I believe. So I'm sure that we will find more, uh, find out more about it uh, when we get closer to that date. Next story. You know, we we I, I I come from Montreal, Quebec, right? Which once was considered a amazing international city, metropolitan city, the Olympics, Expo 67, the Olympics, um Montreal Canadians, great festivals. 
was always tourists wanted to come here. Um, but my, we have fallen, fallen from grace. So this new report uh, commissioned by the Chamber of Commerce of Metro, uh, Metropolitan Montreal um, states that a whopping 94% of streets in downtown Montreal 94% were closed at one point or another in the last year because of construction. The Chamber of Commerce in the report argues that seemingly never-ending construction has affected the city's image and its productivity. According to them, and the President and CEO, Michel Leblanc, one major issue is a lack of planning between private contractors and the city. How long have I been saying this? If you go back in my catalog of product, of podcasts, okay, you're going to find me saying, I remember one particular I said, I want to see employees, construction workers on job sites that are closed. If there's nobody there, it should not be closed. There should not be cones. How long have I been saying this? L how long? Literally years. Years. To fix this, the report suggests a series of solutions, such as incentivizing developers to reduce the amount of public space they occupy, Okay. Adapting the use of construction indicators, i.e. orange cones. And establishing a QR code system to inform the population about a given pro project. I, I, I mean, the, the absence of oversight in this, I just don't understand how... <laughs> how Who's running the city? How who how do you want to run a functional city? An internationally known city. How do you want to run it when you have 94% of your downtown core 94% it's only 6% of streets that were not closed. How many, not, they're going to blame it on, on COVID, right? The pandemic. But how many businesses went out of sale, went out of business, excuse me, because of construction, because of people not being able to get to their place of business, because people not being able to get to their restaurant, because people not being able to find parking, because between all the construction sites, okay, and all of the bike paths, where do you want people to park? Where are they going to park? Not everybody's going to go downtown by bus and metro. When are you going to get through to your head? Alum. Esti alum. 
is it is it is it so difficult to understand is it so difficult to understand well of course hey pat hope you're doing well of course pat says pat igg33 says valerie plant is running the city more back paths on the way it's exactly what we need pat it's going to solve all our problems it's going to make every it's going to make all our bubbles go away The chamber says coordination should be a part of the permitting process, and the president of the city's executive committee says it's ready to act. <laughs> yeah, now they're ready to act. <laughs> God forbid anybody in the city be proactive, right? Now they're ready to act because the Chambre de Commerce came out with this report. Olivier, Dominique Olivier says she hopes to have a plan in place before the busy summer months when, according to Tourism Montreal, orange cones tarnish the city's image and reputation. <laughs> so, hold on. <laughs> so, Tourism Montreal has to confirm... has to confirm <laughs> to this this idiot... That orange cones tarnish our reputation as a city. When you have you have famous actors posting pictures, Kevin Hart, famous comedian actor, was downtown a few years ago and showed pictures of a street. He didn't know where to go and how many orange cones were there. Visitors now see it. They observe it, says Yves Lalumiere, President and General Director of Tourism Montreal. It's unacceptable for a city that's so attractive to the population, to the visitors, to have this type of situation. <laughs> this is a great article. CDS Montreal Centreville, the Montreal uh, Downtown Merchants Association, says the Quebec Transport Ministry Rules on cones and signage don't make sense in the downtown context. It's not rare to see one crane on the street for less than 10 square meters, square feet of space, and then nearly 100 orange cones around it, as required by the MTQ bylaws, said Executive Director Glenn Castanhera. In fact, listen to this. The report found that 27% of construction indicators observed were abandoned, useless or without purpose. So the question at this moment is, can we make it easier for workers to come back downtown after the pandemic? So we'll circle back to what I said before. They're going to use the pandemic again. Who wants to come back? First of all, they're comfortable at home. Now you've made it a hundred times more difficult for them to even get around. 94%, guys. 94%. Pat says, this is the plan to remove cars. Oh, we're going to get into that. My last story. We're going to get into that as well, Pat. Don't worry about that. 94%. 
the the incompetence i've said i don't know how long i've said this like i don't even know how long years it's listen i could accept a little bit of incompetence i could accept a little bit of uh passing the buck to the next um uh politician that replaces you but it's just it just it's just endless it just continues and continues and continues it continues guys listen i've been to boston and they they did the big dig which was basically running a highway underneath the city in downtown boston they did it quicker i'm sure there was a lot of suffering all right but from all accounts of people that i speak to i have a lot of friends that live in boston it was done organized very very well it wasn't perfect impossible when you have a project of that magnitude right it, 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 the things are going to go wrong okay but here in this case because of years of decades of neglect on montreal streets from from the west tip to the eastern tip of this island neglect after neglect party after party mandate after mandate neglecting things that needed to be done now we gotta all do it at the same time all right with a mayor that thinks that downtown montreal and the island of montreal should be one big bike path, bike path like a circus A new bike path will be built on Kisov-Colom Avenue. It will be about seven kilometers long, and it will stretch from Gwen Boulevard to St. Gregoire Street near Rosemont Boulevard. That's great, Pat. We, we don't have enough, right? Because right now, outside, right outside that window and back of me, it's about minus 30. We're going to ride our bikes to work. We're going to ride our bikes to work. There's at least four or five months a year that it's not possible to ride a bike in this city. But yet, but yet, all the priority is on that. Forget about let's try making sense of all these construction things down, downtown and all these construction sites that need to be um, corrected. Nah, let's do that. Put orange cones or whatever. You know what I, you know what I was told? I was told that when a contractor starts a project and puts the cones he starts to get paid he could he already could have already asked for a disbursement from the city so that's why you all see these construction sites with nobody working you just see orange cones and it drives me absolutely insane guys i when i see that it it drives there has to you have to find them something is wrong here could someone fix this you know what i got a great idea Put me in charge. I'll do it. I swear to God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for free, guys. I'll do it for free. What do you think? Put in the comments. Pat, should I do it? Everybody watching this on YouTube after or listening to the podcast, put it. Tell me. <sighs> Unbelievable. What a report. 94%. Just keep that in mind, guys. All right. Next, uh, next story. Um, everybody knows that I uh, am a huge admirer of uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, ex-professor at the University of Toronto, uh, about six, seven years ago, became very famous online because he refused to, uh, to use preferred pronouns from his students. 
and uh, is an international hit now. Uh, he is a clinical psychologist, um, a practicing psychologist. Well, actually, he hasn't been. So now, um, his uh, license to practice psychology in uh, the state of Ontario, excuse me, the province of Ontario, is in jeopardy because they want him to do a social media re-education. At 150 a cone to do the math. Yeah. Well, so you said yes. All right. So I'm gonna I, I'm offering it. I'm gonna I'm, this is my my offer to the city of Montreal. I'm offering you my help. I'm gonna give you ideas of how to improve the situation in Montreal. I'm here. You know where to get in touch with me. Send me an email, call me, hook me up. All right, so back to Jordan Peterson. Uh, the Ontario College of Psychologists, uh, which oversees uh, the clinical psychologists in uh, Ontario, have asked them to uh, do a re-education in social media. So, basically, in a nutshell, here it is. Um. The practice of psychology in Ontario and in many uh, North American and Western jurisdictions is subject to regulation by professional colleges, essentially governmental organizations with a mandate to protect the public from misconduct on part of the physicians, lawyers, social workers, dentists, pharmacists, teachers, architects, and many others, including and most relevant to me, clinical psychologists. Anyone anywhere in the world can levy a complaint to these regulatory bodies for any reason regardless of whether the complaint has any direct contact with the professional in question. So the college has the responsibility to determine whether each complaint is serious and credible enough to warrant further investigations. Um, so the Ontario College of Psychologists has levied a multitude of such uh, lawsuits against uh, Dr. Peterson since his rise uh, to public prominence uh, six years ago. Although not at all in the last, uh, in the first 20 years or so, which he practiced uh, psychology before that. So they have uh, multiplied as of late and now number one, uh, uh, number more than a dozen. Not that bad, considering that he has millions and millions and millions of views. Um. Yeah. So, for, so he he goes on to write for his crimes. He has been sentenced to a course of mandatory social media communication training with the college's so-called experts. Uh, what, what makes these experts? First of all, uh, he goes on to say, although social media communication training is not scientific, it is certainly not a clinical specialty of any standing. He used to do this at his own expense, some hundreds of dollars per hour, and for a length of time that is determined only by those retraining me and profiting from doing so. How will this be determined? He asks. When those very re-educators, those experts have convinced themselves that I have learned my lesson and will behave properly in the future. This is the most ludicrous thing. It's this is crazy, and I and I'm going to give you my. Uh, so, if he agrees to this, 
he has to admit that he's been unprofessional in his conduct and to have uh, noted publicly, even as the college insists that I am not required to admit to any wrongdoing. If he refuses, and of course he's going to refuse, the next he already has refused. The next step is mandatory public disciplinary session inquiry and the possible suspension of his clinical license, all of which will also be announced publicly. Now, what exactly has he done that's so unprofessional? He retweeted a comment made by conservative leader Pierre Poilvier about the uh, unnecessary severity of the COVID lockdowns. He criticized Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, who hasn't. He criticized Justin Trudeau's former chief of staff, Gerald Butts, who hasn't. He criticized an Ottawa city councillor, who hasn't, and made a joke about the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, that, that has uh, since then uh, stepped down, who hasn't. Um, so, this is clearly a witch hunt, okay, guys? What he does, he is entitled to his own opinions on any matters, this has no bearing on the quality of his clinical psychology work in the last 20 or so years. He apparently has helped thousands of people and he clearly cares about humanity and people and his clients. And even though he doesn't see anybody anymore. Okay. It's clear, clear as day that this is a witch hunt. That's all we call it because he's become too powerful. People are going to listen to him. And now the narrative is, 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 is slowly switching to, to common sense that people are listening that we were duped for many years and that the narrative of the world is changing through his constant uh, criticism of the WEF, certain world leaders that go along with those stupid rules, climate change, which I'm going to discuss next. And what I love is that he just recently announced that he is starting an association, if you'd like, um, sort of like an alternative to World Economic Forum. It's going to be based in London. So he just announced this on the Joe Rogan show uh, this week. So I'm really, really looking forward to, 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 to see what comes of that. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, it's, it's incredible that that's how scary Canada has become, right? We could freeze your accounts. We could take away your professional designation as a clinical psychologist for retweeting something that a politician has said for criticizing. <laughs> Think about it, guys, how, how slippery that slope is again. I say it all the time for criticizing your prime minister and a city councillor in Ottawa and the chief of staff. It's very, very disturbing. Very disturbing. How dangerous. How dangerous. What is, what is, let me ask you this. When he's sitting down with a, with a, with a, uh, a patient in his office, what bearing does it have on whether or not this person is suicidal or needs help or is having difficulty finding meaning in life or suffering from depression? What difference does it make to this individual? You think they actually give a shit about Jordan Peterson's political leanings? 
Do you think they really give a shit? Do you think he actually talks to them about that? What hurt is this going to cause? What harm is this going to do? Let me ask you that. That one of his patients sees it. He's not allowed to having a, a, a life outside of, of psychology. The guy is brilliant. He knows he knows so much. He's so well-read. He's so articulate. He's so intelligent. He's just, he could do so much for this world. And it's going to be evident, and I'm sure, and I can't wait again for this, this alternative to the WEF when it comes out. Apparently, a lot of people are lining up. And, and, and so he's already started to that. They already have the, the place booked. What, 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 what harm could come of this? Again, what impact is it going to have on the quality of his, of his care on his, uh, on, and, and people are going to tell me, oh, he has an image and a professional conduct. What is he doing? Was he doing these out of the office while he's, he has a patient in his room and, and he, and he's talking about prime minister Trudeau. I, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. I really feel, Pat, yeah, we are watching the greatest show on earth. We really are. We really are. Guys, the last two years has been one of the greatest movies of all time. Dupe after dupe after dupe. Dr. Jordan Peterson, a lot of people are with you. The vast majority of Canadians and Americans are behind you. And for that matter, Europeans and all over people all over the world. Don't give up the fight. I love, he's like a bull. Don't give up, Dr. Peterson. You are a national treasure. You are a Canadian hero. And you will always will be. Last topic. Um, Twelve hundred scientists and professionals declare there is no climate emergency. So I've talked about this at length. Again, I'm not saying that. Preface this by saying that yes, weather patterns have changed. The world is warming, even though it's currently minus twenty something here in Montreal, Quebec. I'm freezing my butt off. Um. So. The political fiction that humans cause most or all climate change that claim that the science behind the notion is settled has been dealt a savage blow by the publication of a world climate declaration signed by over 1,200 scientists and professionals. There is no climate emergency, say the authors, who are drawn from across the world and led by the Norwegian Physics Nobel Prize laureate, Professor Ivar Geiverer, Climate, climate science is said to have degenerated into a discussion based on beliefs and not on sound self-critical science. Let me repeat that again. Okay? This report, signed by all these scientists and professionals, is led by a Norwegian Physics Nobel Prize laureate. The scale of the opposition to modern-day settled climate science is remarkable given how difficult is, uh, it is in academia to raise grants for any climate research that departs from the political orthodoxy. Another lead author of the declaration, Professor Richard Lindzen, 
has called the current climate narrative absurd, but acknowledged that trillions of dollars in the relentless propaganda from grant-dependent academics and agenda-driven journalists currently says it is not absurd. Wow. So, again, I said it before, the narrative is changing. The pendulum is swinging to the side of common sense. People are, are questioning this whole climate change. Stopping fossil fuels, uh, COE emissions, taxing carbon taxes, all the stupidity coming out from all over the world that we've seen in, in New Zealand and Canada and the States and stop fracking and stop oil and stop this and stop. Let's go into clean, renewable energy when we know it's not clean and renewable energy because once that energy is no longer used, what do we do with those batteries? What do we do with those windmills? What do we do with all that waste that we cannot recycle? What are we going to do? Since emerging from the Little Ice Age in around 1850, the world has warmed significantly less than predicted by the IPCC on the basis of modeled human influences. The gap between real world and the modeled world tells us that we are far from understanding climate change. But of course, but of course, the declaration is an event of enormous importance, right? Just like the other during COVID, there was the great um, declaration. I forgot the, what the name of it was. I had done a, uh, an issue on it. Although it will be ignored by the mainstream media, which it has, of course. But it is not the first time distinguished scientists have petitioned for more realism in climate science. In Italy, the discovery uh, of nuclear antimatter emeritus Emeritus Professor Antonino Zicchini recently led 48 local science professors in stating that human responsibility for climate change is unjustifiably exaggerated and catastrophic predictions are not realistic. In their scientific view, natural variation explains a substantial part of global warming observed since 1850. Professor Zikiki has signed at WCD. Now listen to this. The declaration notes that the Earth's climate has varied for as long as the planet has existed, with natural cold and warm periods. It is no surprise that we are experiencing a period of warming. It continues. Climate models have many shortcomings, it says, and they're not remotely plausible as global policy tools. They blow up the effect of greenhouse, uh, greenhouse gases, such as carbon dioxide, but ignore any beneficial effects. CO2 is not a pollutant, it says. It is essential to all life on Earth. Photosynthesis is a blessing. More CO2 is beneficial for nature. Greening the Earth, additional CO2 in the air has promoted growth in global plant biomass, and it is also good for agriculture, increasing the yield of crops worldwide, which, of course, with the likes of Bill Gates and um, the WF and crazy people going and purchasing putting farmers out and I don't know what they're trying to do. It's, it's anyway. 
In addition, the scientists declared that there's no statistical evidence that global warming is intensifying hurricanes, floods, droughts, and such like natural disasters or making them more frequent. There is no climate emergency, the, the declaration goes on. We strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. Adding the aim of global policy should be prosperity for all by providing reliable and affordable energy at all times. In a prosperity society, men and women are all well-educated, birth rates are low, and people care about their environment. Basically, what they're saying is, which has been a lot, an argument by a lot of prominent um, great thinkers and, and, and uh, climate change uh, doubters, if you may, is that if you bring people in third world countries out of poverty to a minimum of let's say a livable four to five thousand dollars a year their their standard of living will increase they will go to school they will be educated hence maybe less children hence they will also care more about their surroundings because right now what's happening in these third world countries all they're doing is trying to survive every day. And whatever they're doing to survive is obviously not good for the planet because they'll do anything and anything to survive. But no, zero, net zero CO2. Like that's going to do anything. But now, right, the narrative is there. There's too much money involved in this whole climate change bullshit where the solutions are, are evident when the professionals are telling you countless 1200 climate change and professionals signed this treaty this document but now the money is too much right you have the wef right ex-president al gore looking like a lunatic at the wef screaming that literally the, the, the world is on fire that according to him the world we we should have been dead what 20 years ago 20 years ago, the alarms were ringing. The world's on fire. Here I am, just a podcaster. What do I know? And I'm just saying, I don't know. This world's been around for billions of years. And we're, we're, we're naive and, and, and sick enough to think that we could we could have an impact since the industrial age what a hundred something years ago that we're going to change climate patterns of the last billion years in a matter of a hundred years by the emissions that we're giving out think about it guys think about it give pat the last word on this tonight's show i'll buy into a climate crisis agenda when the elites stop buying beachfront properties <laughs> Well said, Pat. Thank you always for tuning in, buddy. I always appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody that's watching this and is going to be listening to this as a podcast and on the audio. I thank you so much, guys. I will see you next week, and have a great evening. I am out. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time. <laughs>